Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Tom Brady has his introductory press conference, of course, from a remote location by telephone. What did he say about the challenge he faces in Tampa Bay as the Bucks quarterback? And Tom Jones, my former radio partner and longtime columnist of the Tampa Bay Times, will be aboard to talk about the impact of COVID-19 on the world of sports. We have all that and much more on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Versnick. Steve, we finally had a chance to actually speak with Tom Brady, of course, uh, he agreed to terms uh, late last week, I guess it was, on, on Thursday, um, signed the contract sometime over the weekend, and uh, he is now, a for, of course, official. But, you know, normally he would have flown in here, um, you know, on a private plane. Maybe his wife and family would have been with him. Maybe not. We would have had a big uh, to-do over there at the uh, Advent Healthcare Center and held up what I would assume would be a number 12 jersey, although he even ducked that question today. Well, I wonder if they um, would have held up a jersey because there's going to be new jerseys this year. So he's not well, going to wear the true. ones of the past. That's true. Maybe they maybe they would have just had a generic something, you know, uh, I don't know, something that just said Brady number number 12. Or, or maybe not. Maybe they, just, maybe they just put a hat on him. At any rate, we missed all the pomp and all the circumstance. What we got was a 30-minute conference call with some national writers on there as well. And – you know, there's, a, I mean, my a couple observations, and and we can play, you know, some of the responses. I only got one question in, and it was well into the press conference at that point. A lot of things had been asked. Naturally, the Boston writers wanted to know about his breakup with the Patriots, and he wasn't going to go there. Uh, he kept talking about how he didn't want to speak about the process of deciding to leave New England. He did reference the meeting he had with Bob Kraft. He had decided to move on at that point, and they something that was new is that they patched in. Bill Belichick remotely uh, someplace, whether that was, you know, by Skype or, or FaceTime or whatever, uh, or snap face as Bill Belichick calls it. <laughs> but right, there's a snap face or whatever. Um, See, I think but, Brady should have done the ultimate troll job in oh, the press conference. It would have been great. See, I think the Boston writers come on and say, you know, hey, well, you know, why did you decide to leave New England? And he should have just in that yeah. Bill Belichick voice, uh, we're on to yeah. we're on to Tampa yeah. Bay. Exactly. And smack the lips. Go, well, we're, we're, uh, we're, we're not on Tampa Bay. We're getting Tampa Bay questions. We're on the, so that was what he wanted to do. But um, we did talk to him enough. You know, my, my takeaway is this. First of all, um, he's very polished. He stays on message. I mean, this, this is not his first rodeo. It's about his 21st rodeo. So, you know, he, he recognizes, I think, in this instant <laughs> – the, the the challenge that he faces and would have faced no matter where he went, but particularly, I think you know not just going to Tampa Bay where he he truly loves the talent. He's he spent a lot of time, I think, watching film. He's a football fan, so he says, you know, I watch a lot of football tape and and I recognize you know the players they have, and he could name them. He named all of them on offense, and you know I I also think that. He, he knows that this is not something that is easily done. I mean, uh, you know, Joe Montana did it. 
Uh, Peyton Manning did it and won a Super Bowl, went to a couple of them, but at that time he was you know, more of a passenger than a guy steering the car. Brady's going to have to be the reason why they continue on from where they are now and become a championship team of some kind, a playoff team, wild card, what have you. And to do that, especially if you're Tom Brady, I mean, he's not had to learn. Let's just break down what he has to do. He's got to learn a new offense, and he made it clear that it is going to be Bruce Arians' offense. He says he's been a fan of what Arians has done with his quarterbacks, uh, the success that he has had. Clearly, he knows the players that he has had in the past. Uh, he seems to be very confident with Byron Leftwich. I know they FaceTime together, um, and, and Byron was a guy he competed against. Of course, Byron is actually younger than Tom and now the offensive coordinator. But, you know, Brady is an all-hands-on-deck kind of guy, and he's he's clearly got some challenges. And the first is to learn, you know, the language and, and sort of the concepts of this offense, which obviously will be then adapted to, you know, game plan and such to, to make it fit what he likes to do, what he's comfortable doing. Uh, but then the other thing is, you know, building relationships with his teammates. And that's damn near impossible except for technology, which allows you to do FaceTime and things like that. But he's going to have to intentionally call these guys, which is why he asked for the phone numbers. Again, the only thing he asked for that, that night when the Bucks talked to him, it wasn't for players. It wasn't for uh, control of the offense. It was he wanted phone numbers of all the players. And so now he has to begin building those relationships remotely, which is not – an easy thing to do. It's not like you can't go out to dinner and hang out. More importantly, he can't throw to these guys. And, you know, that that's going to be, I think, one of the toughest things because, you know, there is a chemistry that really has to be developed between quarterback and receiver. And you can only do that through repetitions. And, you know, but there's, there's body language. You know, it's a little like playing basketball. Um, you know, when on a fast break, you can tell when the guy is, is going to go to the hole and, whether you should lob the ball or, you know, if you play with somebody long enough, you kind of understand their, their body language, what, what they're anticipate, what they're going to do. And, and you only get that through reps on the grass, right? You only get that through throwing to guys. You can watch them on film all you want to, but until you're actually holding the football and seeing them run these, these various routes, you really don't have an understanding about ball placement and things like that. Um, and then there's the nuance part of it, which is, you know, strategically, uh, you know, how does he fit in to this offense? How does he utilize these guys in the best way possible from a strategic standpoint? And that will that will come obviously later, um, but it's something that you'd like to begin to work work on now. You'd like to see sort of how you fit into this offense and and start to scale it, you know, to to a position where you're comfortable, but uh, the other players are comfortable with what you want to do. So I, I think. You know, all of those things are are big. They're not small things. They're big things. And let's face it, he can't do anything right now. I mean, COVID-19, um, you know, there's much bigger problems than Tom Brady has with respect to, to this pandemic. Um, but it's going to make it really hard because typically I think what he would have done, and I think he will do when uh, when the all-clear is there, is that he'll get these guys together. He has a place in Montana outside of uh, Yellowstone there, uh, and I think in Big Sky. And I, and I think that – I think he will, you know, have those guys up. And, and right now, at least, there's very few cases. And I don't know how many they tested, but there's very few cases in Montana of COVID-19. But those guys will, will go up there and work out, and he'll run a passing camp. 
because it doesn't look like there's going to be OTAs. I mean, this is this is a big challenge for the greatest quarterback of all time at 42 coming to a franchise like the Bucks. But then you add all this other stuff to it, Steve. If he pulls this off, if there's an NFL season and this guy plays well and gets this team to the postseason or beyond, it'll be one hell of an accomplishment, maybe one of his greatest ever. You could definitely make that case. I mean, you know, you look back at his history in New England – you know, those first few Super Bowls, many would say, you know, he was good, but he didn't win those. It was more the defense and the team around him. Um, as he got older, you know, maybe he kind of willed them to some of those Super Bowls later as, as maybe the talent around him wasn't as good. But, yeah, to come to Tampa Bay, you haven't been in the playoffs since, what, 07? Haven't won mm-hmm. a playoff game since the Super Bowl? Mm-hmm. To turn that franchise around and pull this off in an NFC that's loaded? I mean, you look at the, you know, how top-heavy the conference was last year. Uh, you had really five teams battling for the number one seed, basically, going down the stretch. That would be a hell of an accomplishment this year. Yeah, it really would. I mean, it, this is unknown charter territory for him because he doesn't have Bill Belichick. Now, he talked a lot about Bruce Arians, and, and I think it was clear just in listening to him. Again, wouldn't get into the backstory, but he's done a lot of research. He knows what Bruce is about. I think it came through that, you know, that Bruce is a big, big reason why he's here. And on the other side, very interesting to hear Jason Light and Bruce Arians talk about their pursuit of Tom Brady and how absolute it really was. Uh, you know, again, they weren't real sure that Brady wouldn't just resign with the Patriots. They, they did know he was a free agent. Um, but when you listen to them, when they say, you know, our number one goal of the offseason was to try – and sign Tom Brady, try to get him to Tampa Bay, that doesn't leave a whole lot of wiggle room for a guy like Jameis Winston, right? And we know that had they not gotten Brady, that next on the list was Teddy Bridgewater. But this was not like, oh, my gosh, you know, Brady's still out there. Maybe we should give him a call. This was a concerted effort by, as Jason said, you know, everybody in the organization from ownership who clearly were behind it to the front office, to the scouts that did the reports, the coaching staff, uh, that had to look at all these guys. John Spitek, I'm sure, was involved, who who was Brady's teammate at the University of Michigan. Um, you know, Jason Light was there with New England when Brady was drafted in 2000 as a scout. Uh, and so, you know, it, it was a, a it was a concentrated effort, a concerted effort, uh, and, and maybe even at times a singular focus that you know we're going to try to get the greatest quarterback who ever lived. And, and that's what we're doing, and, and, and we're going full steam ahead with it. Uh, again, knowing that they would have to move quickly if he decided to go somewhere else. But it didn't even seem like it was a, a point of, of contention. I mean, the way Brady made it sound, you know, everything was here for him to win. And the other thing I took away from it, Steve, was that he wants to leave an imprint on this franchise beyond his playing years. In other words, um, you know, as he said, it doesn't. nobody cares what you did you know, a year ago, five years ago, or 10 years ago in this game. Well, I, I think they do care in New England, but he's right with respect to Tampa fans or, or players. They want you to do the same thing for them. And you do. You have to prove it every year. And Brady had to prove it every year with New England, uh, or they weren't happy if they lost in, in the AFC Championship game or something like that. Um, but, you know, by the same token, he knows that there's a bunch of guys that are talented players here that, that would like to win, would like to experience the playoffs. I mean, think about guys like Levante David, uh, who's done everything right, right? Mike Evans, 
Cameron break, guys that have been six, seven years into the league, Levante going into his 10th or 11th season, um, you know, those guys would like to experience some postseason success. And for that to happen, he can really show them what kind of sacrifices you have to make. It's not one of those deals where, um, you know, you have a coach that has been there and, you know, he sets the tone. This is a player on the field. This is a guy in your locker room. Uh, this is somebody that uh, you know walks around as a, as a living legend that still can play at a really high level, and that's going to make everybody better. I think um, you know in the Bucks organization to the point, sort of what Peyton Manning did with the Broncos. It transferred maybe more easily on the defense, but those guys kept the standard, and really they've only been just a quarterback away. Really easy for us to say, but just a quarterback away from returning um, as a real contender in the AFC West. You know against Kansas City, so. I think all those things is sort of what what Brady is looking to do, and you know, I mean, God willing, we get past this as a, as a world, as a society, first and foremost, and and there will be football in our future, but th- there is truly an awareness of, of just how big this this is because you know the Tampa Bay. Look, a lot of people have come in here, coaches, players, even, and have tried to turn this thing around. Right, John Gruden was able to do it at the end of Tony Dungy's reign. When they had a really, really good football team, and then he kept it going for a little while in terms of making the playoffs, you know, with guys like Chris Sims and Jeff Garcia and whatnot, and Brian Greasy, but it wasn't lasting. It wasn't anything that was sustainable. Here's a guy that could, you know, potentially get them in the postseason a couple years at minimum, and and perhaps even further than that with a core that's still relatively young in some areas, uh, and you know, and, and set the tone for them going forward. So. Uh, look, they're they're happy to have him. It, it it was a bit surreal. I mean, I still am having trouble writing Bucks quarterback Tom Brady. What does Spellcheck say? <laughs> they won't won't let me type it. It keeps going back to to Patriots. I don't know why. <laughs> Every time I write Bucks quarterback Tom Brady, it goes Peyton now Patriots quarterback Tom Brady. Um, yeah, I mean that's that's sort of that's sort of it's it's a surreal thing. And look, if he had been standing in front of us with a Buccaneer hat on or, God forbid, jersey, it would have really hit home, right? But a mm-hmm. voice on the other end of the line, you're like, yeah, that's Tom Brady. Yep. Who, by the way, not to, you know, the contrast, of course, with a guy that's won six Super Bowls and as polished as he is, um, you know, to a, to a 20-year-old that came in here five years ago is night and day. Don't expect a lot of flowery quotes from Tom Brady. Um, he, is, he is very media savvy. He will stay on message like you can't believe. Uh, I mentioned a minute ago he was even asked specifically if he had you know discussed with Chris Godwin or anyone wearing wearing number twelve and never answered the question answered the first part of the question but never addressed he's Derek Jeter. the second part he'll talk yes. he'll talk a lot yes. he'll say a lot and never say yeah. a thing right Derek, right. Derek Jeter now, was the king of that in the New York media now to, you know I will say this I've seen interviews where he has said stuff I've mm-hmm. seen. You know, like most players, um, if he trusts you and you do you do one on ones, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, he did the whole documentary that that he had some control of over uh, Tom versus Time, and that was really revealing. So he has a, and from a personal standpoint, the the guys that I know that have covered him, Mike Reese and some others, uh, he's known to be just a great guy. I mean, for somebody who has as much celebrity as he does, mm-hmm. uh, and his and his wife, um, you know, he is a real person who cares about people, and if he if you're in that circle. Or even if you're not, um, he's very approachable and he's somebody that you would like because his parents have done a really good job with him. But, um, you know, for our purposes, at least today, 
there wasn't a lot of, of revelations, except that, um, you know, it was clear that it was sort of a messy divorce with, with the Patriots. I mean, we, they, they still don't know how that came down. Um, he still won't really speak to it. Um, but, you know, uh, it doesn't seem to matter. He's also, you know, really looking forward to, to the next chapter in his life. And, um, you know, we didn't get into all the TB12 and all, all the things that he's into in terms of keeping his body uh, in, in shape and, and, you know, and winning against time as many of us uh, are not. But I think that, you know, I, I think it's going to be exciting. And, and I, I, I'm looking forward to uh, the time when we can actually talk to him more about football and more about what he's doing uh, with this football team, with Mike Evans, with Chris Guy, what those guys, the work they're putting in and that sort of thing, instead of, you know, talking about when they get together or, you know, when, when they can form these relationships. So it'll be fun to watch sort of the interaction between those players when, when Tom really gets here and it becomes even more real for Bucks fans and, and, and for the franchise itself. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. All right, speaking of COVID-19 and and its impact on sports, uh, Tom Jones joins us now. And Tom... You know, with respect specifically to hockey, I mean, this is a sport that would like to pick up here soon. I would think it'd have a big impact on the Tampa Bay Lightning in particular. They had some momentum before this outbreak. So how is it going to impact hockey in particular? I mean, well, the good that news for the Lightning is if, if they somehow salvage a season, you would think they would get Steven Stamkos back, you know, for By the then, entire sure. playoffs. Sure, that's a good thing. Right Now, here's the thing, Rick. And, look, I'm totally guessing here. We're all guessing. Because we the people know. We don't know who the know what they're is. talking about don't know yeah. what they're talking about. No, that's At true. least can't just, you know, tell it's us. It's a once-in-a-hundred-year event. We right. don't know what's going to So what we have no idea when this is going to end, when life's back to normal, when sports are back. I'm, so I'm just guessing based on mm-hmm. nothing – Nothing. I would have a hard time imagining that the NHL will play again this season. I Me just too. don't. Me I just too. don't think it'll happen. I think the Me season's too. gone. I don't think you the know? NBA will play either. I think I the think, next sport you see um, could be baseball. Yes. Could be. I think could it could be. be baseball. Hopefully, but hopefully maybe it'll be the NFL. And I'm and I'm yeah. And I'm not even I'm not even convinced the NFL is going to get off on time. I would be, I, you know, I mean, I, I could uh, obviously, again, we're, I'm just guessing here. I got based on We have nothing what? to base it on. Yeah, right. we don't know. Yeah. Um, but the hope is, I hope that everything's back to normal by August 1st. But even then, mm-hmm. we don't know. Here's the thing about hockey. And you were asking a question about how quick it would be to come back. See, I could see the NBA doing something like this. Say, say let's, just, let's just say everything goes well. We get some sense of normalcy back by June 1st. June 1st. Hockey June might 1st. be able to, you know, you would. I think you would have to determine at that point. They the need two season, weeks so, to do something, right? Yeah, I mean, crank it back up. But I think the regular season's over. You you figure out a playoff format because yep. you're not going to bring teams back who are out of the playoff hunt 
for two right. weeks and, and you, three you games, can't you play know? a two month playoff, so it might be like best two out of three or something so like that. So that's what you would do. You'd shorten the rounds, best yeah. two out of three in the first round or best three out of five for the first sure. two rounds, and sure. then go best of seven or whatever. And then maybe end the season at the end of July and then take yep. a couple of months off. I still think that would be hard. Now I think it'd be easy for the NBA. I can what I can see maybe the NHL thinks about this too. But if you're the NBA, I because the NBA is a little bit different because I think you can crank it up a little bit quicker than you could because you would oh, assume yeah, those guys, they can that play, these guys yeah. are working out. Some and, semblance of shape, yeah, yeah. And staying in shape. And You're still just a, putting the ball through the hoop, right? Right. Yeah. Play three or four games to get back into game shape or play or three or four days. Get back and you can crank it up. And I could see the NBA starting, to, even if it's August, playing playoffs in August, even in September, and then not starting next season until like Christmas and playing a compressed schedule. Ah, and then basically so getting back on track in the fall of 2021. Following year, yeah, that's a good point. But the NHL, I don't know. I don't know. Again, this all comes down to building availability. How quickly can you get cranked back up again? I don't know, Rick. I just I have a hard time believing we're going to play hockey again this season. And that would be a shame because now you're talking, as you mentioned just a minute ago, this would be the second time where the Lightning had a legitimate chance to win a Stanley Cup. Yes. And it got wiped out. Yep. If it if it if it indeed if does get wiped play. out, mm-hmm. the other time the lockout, they were the defending champs and they were bringing everybody back, and there was no reason to think that they weren't able going to be able to to win another championship. And this team, I mean, Boston was as in first. There were a couple teams out west that looked scary, but in the East, I you know it was the same usual suspects: Boston, Washington, uh, Pittsburgh. But I think the I think the Lightning had a great chance. I just. Boy, I have a hard time seeing it, Rick. And, and baseball, same thing. Like, what even will – here's the other question I have to ask, Rick, and I know we're getting way ahead of the game here. What are sports going to look like in six months? Are people – do you think people just go back to, hey, let's just go back to the way things were before this pandemic? Or do you think that all of a sudden people are going to have hesitation of, do I really want to go sit next? You know, after all this social distancing, are we going to? Oh, I don't know that they'll have a he- Yeah, I don't know if they'll have a hesitation. I mean, there will be some that'll be be so damn glad to be out of their house and away from yeah. their family that they can't stand <laughs> that. They'll just yeah. I'll, so let me I don't ask care. you. I'll, I'll risk it. To, I think sports is. I think sports gonna is gonna change. I think life is gonna change, and life in a big part of our lives are sports, especially when you go to arenas, especially when there are crowds. Um, you know, and, and certainly, you know, you have to sometimes travel by airline or something that way. To me, this is, everything's going to be different. And I think, you know, I could see, for example, in the NFL or in other sports, having very small arenas that will have more space to separate and spread out, but they'll be smaller. There won't be you know, a packed house, so to speak, with 65. That it'll be, to me, it'll be more of a, of a, of a luxury suite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Type existence. In other words, there'll be the field, then there'll be some club areas and some, you know, sky suites up there where people are watching the game from a high, from on high, but they'll be separated. You know, whether it's you know by walls or, you know, it, it, it'll be like you know, okay, here's six people watching in this living room. Here's, you know, or this guy sweet. Here's seven people over here. And and I just think that the world is going to change. I think we're going to be ended up we're going to I think until we get a handle or a or or some kind of uh, you know, find a way to 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 beat this virus with um a drug or something that we're going to be separated. And I I just 
you know, I, I think social dis. I think when you go to an airport, they're going to take your temperature. You know how you take your shoes off yeah, yeah. and all that. I think you're going to get a thermometer. I think they're going to wave a thermometer on your forehead. I think that's going to happen in stadiums too. I don't think people are walking in there sick. I can tell you that. You know what's um, interesting, <laughs> and and to to try to make not to make light of because there is there anything light about it? No, no. But. Okay, but seriously, a couple of things I want to ask you. First off, I'm going to ask you in a second. I'll give you a chance to think about, like, how are you doing with, like, locked in your house with your kids and your wife for 24 hours a day? But, going a little crazy. I know. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we'll get to that in a second. But mm-hmm. when's the last time, and I'll be, I'll be the first to admit, how many times in your life before the last two weeks did you ever wash your hands for 20 seconds? Like, I mean, we must have been the grimiest, dirtiest people on the face of earth. Because I'll tell oh, you what, Rick, maybe completely. twice in my life, after like doing gardening or something <laughs> did yeah. I, or working on my car or like, yeah. When you had to deep grease, grease under your nails, yeah, right, and right. It, you just had to really scrub to make it look like you washed them at all. Right. But I mean, after going to the restroom or just getting ready for dinner or whatever, I bet you, and I'm pr- and I consider myself slightly a germaphobe, like germaphobe. Like I'm the type of guy that like, if I go to a restaurant, I handle a menu before my meal comes, I will go wash my hands because I think about how many people touch that menu. Oh, but, I'm not that bad. See, I am. I do, but here's the thing: when I went and washed my hands, five seconds, you know, enough to get yeah. the soap on it. Went twenty seconds, really? That's how long. It, like none of us knew that. And some, no. so, and also too, like I, I, it was actually pretty funny. I saw this on Twitter where somebody, uh, men, were complaining about how we're in bathrooms we're running out of uh, paper towels, and some woman tweeted out. So let me get this right. You guys didn't wash your hands all that much before all this started? <laughs> and we're like, not really. Uh, I'm here to <laughs> tell you much. they didn't. I always did, but I'm here to tell you they yeah, didn't. Yeah, yeah not, not enough to where if you didn't have a hand towel, it wasn't a problem. You know, you just kind of like flick the water right. and put your Remember hands in Remember the old pocket. days, too, when you go into the bathroom, especially it used to happen in gas stations like on road trips or in some restaurants. They had the towel thing where you like... It just recycled up in, like, it was a cloth towel. That was gross. Yeah, it was the same towel that everybody wiped their hands on. Like, that was gross. We thought that was, it's a wonder that we haven't built up enough of an immunity to everything, including coronavirus. So how did this thing kick it Well, that's the thing. This is new. We don't, nobody has an immunity. That's the problem. Like, everything else, I mean, you could roll any kind of flu through here, and I'm going to kick its butt because I've been exposed to so many germs. You're exactly right. I mean, you know, that, that sort of thing. Really did, really did happen. I mean, we're not, we're not the most hygienically sound. Here's the other group thing too. Aren't you here. a little embarrassed to be a Floridian these last couple of days, like the last week? Just watching how many. Well, people not Floridians. Are. Look, I think. I, yeah, they're from other I, places coming to Florida, I guess. But yeah, not to be too political, but I mean, we live. We don't pay state income tax because the tourists pay it for us, right? So, right. and. Unless you're going to shut down the hotel and restaurant industry, which is the biggest industries and employers we have, then this is what you're going to get. People are going to come here for the weather, and it's beautiful outside. And and you know, if you're under the age of thirty and you think you're you're immune, like most, first of all, most people under the age of thirty think they're immortal anyway, right? There right. nothing's ever going to happen to them. Um, so I'm not surprised. It's not a. It's certainly not a good picture for us. So how are things in the Stroud household with the girls? You got the two little um, ones. Well, see, this week would have just been would have kind of like, you know, we'd have just finished up spring break, so they would have been to school on Monday. And of course, obviously, they're not now. The thing that's happening is they have virtual school. Okay. And so we're going to have virtual school. This is like a movie that you're writing and you're not sure. Like you sat down and it's about a pandemic. 
and everybody had to stay home and they had to have virtual school. We have, we also have virtual dance classes. I'm looking (laughs) forward to that. Um, and it's sort of like, it's, it's a little like science fiction-y, right? Yeah. A little Jetson-like, if you will, people that are old enough to remember that. His boy, Elroy. Um, and so I, I don't know, but I'm pretty sure we're not going to like each other when this is all done. Like, See, the, the here's theory what I is think, that here's in nine months, think, the theory yeah. is in nine months, I think one of two things, two, two things, Graham. I'll gonna, tell you what are, the best. There will be the, a lot of babies. But no, there'll be a ton be, of babies. Yeah. I think the, a ton of babies, but I also think a bunch will be up for adoption as well. Like <laughs> full grown kids. You know, well, here. the most lucrative profession will be divorce lawyer. Divorce I think lawyer. like those guys will not run out of money. And then the kids will be born and you know what they're going to call them, right? COVID, COVID, right? Co- no, COVID. Coronials. Uh, yeah. They're yeah. going to be coronials. Coronials, yeah. That's what they're going to call them, coronials. But are the kids oh, bouncing off the walls? Or are they just like, uh... oh, my God, yes. And, you know, the thing is, is like if this had happened before you could actually put your friend on a computer in your face all day, uh, you know, we're connected in so many ways now, you know, that having social distancing doesn't mean you're not connected, right? Because you're connected through the Internet, you're connected through... But it just goes to show you that, like, as people, we need people, people, people who need people. Um, what we do, like, don't you just, like, want to hug? Hug it up, big guy. Come on. Come on in for the real thing. Yeah. You know, I like, mean, there, comes, there comes a point where you're just, like, craving, like, let me just have an interaction with another human but being you know what that's I noticed? not related to me, you know? I, you know what I noticed, and uh, I've been, my wife and I, I think it's really important to go out. Like, we try to get out of the house and go for walks. Like Absolutely. In the, in the late Absolutely. afternoon, uh, early evening after the and sun if you look, And if you look at the sunset and you walk around and breathe the air and listen to the birds, you can convince yourself that nothing has really changed. And it seems odd to think, like, there's this yeah. thing killing people out there that, it, you know, that you and can't see. And it doesn't see, seem to touch you, yeah. But the thing that I've noticed is, like, you pass people on the street, and it does seem like people are friendlier. You know, there, there is this, like, hi, you know, this wave or not. Well, we're all going through it together, right? That, and that's what I'm saying. Like, I, last week I talked to uh, – drop here, let me drop this name and pick it up again. I talked to Lester Holt last week. And so I here asked we him, go. Wait, here we go. <laughs> I asked – no, seriously, I asked him, I said, have we ever seen – Was Katie not available? No, Katie was not available. <clears throat> but I talked to Lester Holt, and I said, is this the biggest story you've ever covered? And he said, yeah. He goes, I thought 9-11 would be. And if you'd asked me two, I, you know, two months ago, I would have retired with nine eleven being in the biggest story because this is by far the biggest story we've ever seen. Because Isn't it, it literally impacts each and every person on the on planet. On the earth, right? Isn't it interesting that that before today or before this, uh, you know, coronavirus, that we were pretty sure, okay, that nine one one would be the worst event in our lives. Terrorism, that terrorism, right? Or a nuclear bomb of some kind was going to be the biggest threat. Nuclear threat, you know, like that was going to get, you know what? What we found out, and without getting spiritual on anybody here, but what we found out is, yeah, it really doesn't matter what money you have or where you live or whether you speak Italian or you speak Chinese or South Korean. Mm-hmm. You're you're all just vulnerable as hell because you're just human our likenesses are what is what this what this species is it's what yeah. this that's what earth is and i have seen you know people now 
put a roll of toilet paper in front of them and you're going to see the worst of, of humanity, right? Right, in, in panicky I still, times. I still, it's crazy, man. I still don't get this whole toilet paper thing. Like, just go, just do your business, like, literally, like you always <laughs> like you always do. And there will be toilet paper for I mean, is it, man. You know what this, this, this taught me about the toilet paper thing? Is that, and I was pretty convinced of it anyway because we have, like, a, a bathrooms at One Buck Place where the media, you, you're aware of this because you used to sit there. And apparently a, a lot more people... That's what I'm saying. But apparently, a lot more people go at work than we've ever realized. I get right because you're running out of toilet paper at home. Because right? because they don't have any toilet paper at home. <laughs> because exactly. They they clearly don't use any. Like all of a sudden, this is like, oh my god, I'm gonna. I, I are you gonna go more? It also is a reminder too that every per, every person on planet, I don't care whether you're Tom Hanks or Rita Wilson, or whatever, everybody goes. They all gotta go. <laughs> But I mean, some got to go more than others, I guess. Apparently so, yeah. Which is why they need 500 rolls of toilet paper at one time. Yeah, I don't. Right? I didn't see that one coming. I can see, like, uh, you know, if it's a hurricane, why the water disappears. I can see, you know, there's certain right. things I understand. I didn't see this one coming. No, and it's no, all no, paper no. products, like, you know. Oh yeah, paper towels and yeah, Kleenex. I mean, and if, all that stuff. Yeah. If we were in a certain part of the country, we, the maple leaves would be disappearing off the trees at this point. I think. It's, <laughs> Hey, I'm pretty don't think sure. I haven't thought about it. <laughs> Plant one right now for the next zombie apocalypse. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's weird. Uh, I mean, it's uh, but that you're, you make a good point. I think that we're we're finding that we have a lot more in common <laughs> than we ever thought we had. You know, and and we were such a divided world and nation and all that stuff without getting too political. So, how what's your you do media? Of course, you write a lot about um, on on your newsletter on pointer.org, p o y n t e r dot org uh, about how this event, this once in a century event, and let's face it, this could be the 1927 stock market crash combined with, you know, bubonic plague or something, I don't know, um, together. But yeah. at the end of the day, um, it, it, it seems like, you know, how is the media covering this? Like, there, I see remote shots, I see all hands on deck, it's like, it really is well, Rick, sort of Rick, a you're minute a part to of the minute media. story. You're a part of the media. You obviously are. And we've seen how it's impacted the Tampa Bay Times. And without the Tom Brady story, I'm sure you would be on the Corona, the, the corona beat, virus beat. Um, the, thing that, the thing that I've noticed here, uh, two good things in terms of the media. I think people are turning towards the media. And I think overall, overall, you're always going to have controversy and People are going to politicize everything. But overall, I think the media has done a really respectable and responsible job covering this covering this crisis. I think they're looking for answers. I think they're doing a good job of asking the right questions. Certainly, there have been dust-ups, and some have involved the president. And I Look, I've gotten into arguments on Twitter. But I think overall, for the most part, people are asking the right questions. And I think that... Uh, I think it's. I think the media has done a really good job. Whether you're talking about the networks, whether you're talking about places like the New York Times, Washington Post, Wall Street Journal, L.A. Times, Tampa Bay Times. Like Rick, the Tampa Bay Times. And look, I used to work there, and Pointer owns Tampa Bay Times. But I'm going to tell you this, man. I'm reading that. I read the paper every day. I read it online mostly. Mm-hmm. Like the work that's being done is phenomenal to tell people what's going on, where, how to, how to get through this thing. Uh, what the numbers are. I mean, well, and I'll work. tell you, you, you and you're need, working it, remotely. Like nobody's working. The offices are closed. It's in case shut I, down. Nobody yeah. knows. Like yeah. everything that's put together. I've, you and I, Rick, are used to working at a newspaper where there are hundred, a couple hundred people in one building. Yeah. Nobody's in that building right now. It's completely empty. Everybody's working from their from their home. 
yeah. and putting out this incredible product. Which is not easy to do, by the way. No, it's not. And that's at and look at the same time they're putting themselves at risk and they're putting, you know, the, this they're is, going out in the community. They're talking to medical. Fr- I mean, I, I get all trying that. to I be mean, smart about it, obviously. But right, you try to protect yourself. This effect, like it's not like this isn't this isn't affecting journalists. It affects all. Like all of us are scared. You know, mm-hmm. look, the Tampa yeah. Bay Times laid off fourteen people last week. I mean, partly because of this. You know, advertising's done. It's a scary well, e- moment. Even before this, actually, they were going to do this, and then it's and then scary those, we for didn't know everybody. What, Nobody knows yeah. where they're going to be working a month from now, except for Tom Brady. But it's it's a scary, you know, it's a scary time, and and these people are going out and doing a tremendous job covering this story. And I and people are craving. That's the other the other part that I was going to say that's encouraging is people are seeking out journalism and good journalism on yeah. this, and and seeking out. Who's reporting on what and what's the latest information? That's, you know, we're seeing subscriptions go up all across the country to newspapers. It's great. Well, that because all, here's the thing like all politics are local, all, all news is local, right? If you live in Tampa Bay, it doesn't matter what they're doing in California. You need to know what restaurants in your community are open. Are they shutting down the beaches here? Sure. Which beaches are they? When do they shut where can down? I get what tested can I, if I'm where can I get well? tested? Yeah. What am I supposed to do? Like, that's why journalism, we say this all the time, right? Journalism matters. Well, it does, because if, if you didn't have it locally, how would you know what's going on in your own community, right? I mean, right. Um, you can't sit and, home and, and wait for, you know. And I think the other good thing that's been, it's gotten across by everybody, not just, but through the media, but also from the media is like this idea of like social distancing. Like I can't stress enough, Rick. I mean, I saw a great quote earlier today. I, I don't even know who said it. It's like, Look, the virus doesn't move. People move the virus. That's how it go. works. Yeah. And the New York Times said this, Tom, as we're, as we're talking. Um, in the New York Times, it says, if it were possible to wave a magic wand and make all Americans freeze in place for the next 14 days while sitting six feet apart, epidemiologists say the whole epidemic would sputter to a halt. Yeah. Have, it would have no way to move. It, like to your point, people move it. It doesn't yeah, move. The itself. virus doesn't move on its own. People move it, and but That's unfortunately, right. and I get it. Like some people have to leave the house. I, you have to. I understand. Like people who, who well, are if you to work keep, in a hospital or you work in a hospital, you know, or you're a worker, or you're a first responder, and even like I get it. Like people who like cut grass for a living or uh, clean, clean pools. pools. How about it? Yeah. How about if you do anything to make money to to pay your mortgage that they're not going to stop asking for? This is the thing. And again, I don't I don't know what you know what the government or other people will agree to do, but it seems to me that if no one can go to work, it's very difficult then to ask them to pay their bills when they're not getting a paycheck. Right. You know. But I mean, now it's not the time to like don't you know like you don't if you don't have to go to Home Depot or I'm not picking on right. or like whatever if you don't if you don't have to go somewhere don't go don't go anywhere stay home. You know, right. It's it's that important. So if we can stress that, like everybody else. Yeah. Is. Now let's all do this together, man. Because um, that's the only we're get, we're not getting out of it. No one's going to win. You know, what stay I mean? home like, and like, listen to this podcast over the next couple of weeks. That's it. You and I will talk about our favorite sports movies, or oh, anybody has we're any ideas on what we can talk about. Yeah, we're glad to come fun. back on and talk. Name the you know our favorite. That's five. the events we've ever covered. Yeah. Um, you know some of our characters of the game that we've been around. How the hell we got in this in the first place? <laughs> I listened to that story. Heck, heck yeah. Oh, yeah. We got a million of them. That's the one thing I have, you know. <laughs> you don't have to wait for my book to come out. Nobody knows I'm famous. But after that, we could we could give a preview of it. because And some of the places we, just me and you have been. Oh, I know. Um, some of the... <laughs> 
some of the things we've seen. Yeah, including bathrooms you, in Green Bay. Jeez. Remember that oh, story? Oh, yeah, that's right. That. Hey, move over, buddy. Keep coming back. Yeah. <laughs> you want to share a urinal and talk about spreading viruses. Jeez. Anyway. Exactly. You're, you're not Top Gun. Yeah, and I. <laughs> that's the same night. Yeah. That's right. Was that the same night? No, it actually was not. That was no, that was that Minnesota, was wasn't it? That was a Buffalo. Oh, it was right? Buffalo, yeah. yeah. It must have been well, Buffalo. we got a million now, Matt. Sorry, just come back over the next couple of weeks. We'll tell them. Yeah, check in with uh, Sports Day Tampa Bay. This has been fun. We got two days of Tom Jones instead of one, and so we'll we'll do more of this. And, um, hey, we hope you enjoyed the podcast. We'll find out if Tom Brady ever actually makes it to Tampa Bay. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, and then, and then hopefully he'll get to try out of that tunnel and play and you know, we'll have we'll have more sports to talk about. But thanks, Tommy, so much. Yeah. We'll be reading you on Pointer.org. Uh, you can read Tom Jones in his daily newsletter. Uh, it's it's really good, especially this time of year, man. Uh, follow him there. So thanks, Tom. Thanks, man. Spread out. Wash your hands. The opening day of Major League Baseball would have been tomorrow. The Rays hosting the Pirates. There is no baseball. But we will have Mark Topkin of the Tampa Bay Times to talk about the Rays and what some of the players are doing during this break and what we can expect when baseball resumes and more from tom jones on friday on the fate of former bucks quarterback Jameis winston for steve versnick i'm rick stroud the tampa bay times have a great day everybody mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.